Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Welcome to a, another episode of our Triune Pod. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. What are we going to do? We finished well, the colics. What are we up to? Ben, my guy, I just have one question for you. What do you want for Christmas? I, I know the supply chain is running low, but I have no idea. I think what you want is no feelings now and never again. That's right, people. The episode you did not think you needed. We're going to do a deep dive into one of my favorite records of all time, The Monitor by Titus Andronicus. Ben, you pumped? Pumped. This is capital U unrelated for us. That's true, it. man. You know, it's sometimes you got to do one, one for us, right? Uh, but, and we have a very special guest on this episode, my brother, the Reverend Sam Kamiski. Sam, how you doing, man? Oh, man, um, I'm great. I'm very excited to be here talking with you guys. I think our our Triune pod is amazing. So it's fun to to be here, be able to talk about this record for real. How many times have you actually listened to it, Sam? Well, I listened to it with Nick, and then I've listened to it at least two or three times since then. Have you really? Uh, oh, yeah, that's that cool. Was, that oh, was that's, that's great. When did, you, when, did, when did you move to North Carolina? In like early July. Those New Jersey yeah, so, cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's it's from it's from the album, everybody. Yeah, yeah, down to North Carolina. I thought of you when I heard that line. So I, I have listened to it a few times. I, I will be honest. I am almost exclusively listening to music right now, and have been for the better part of a year. But I've made some time out for podcasts, and I've been enjoying uh, listening to yours. So excited to be here tonight, guys. Love it, love it. Well, so now that I've got Nick's brother here, and Nick always dishes on me. Sam, just give us something juicy. What what are some of your favorite memories of Nick from when he was in high school? Ooh. <laughs> now, when you say juicy, are we talking hard PG-13 or light rated R? Ooh, we, we need to straddle that. Whatever. whatever <laughs> I know, PG-13, PG-13. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, gosh, my favorite memory of Nick from high school. Well, Nick's aesthetic in high school was v- very much tied into music. So you, those of you who are listening to Nick uh, every week on our Triune Pod, picture Nick 15 years ago. Um, I'm, I'm 36, so that's maybe not 20 not, years ago. Yeah, there you go. Dyed black hair, black skate clothes, beat up Honda Civic, listening to alternative music, staying out way too late, going to rock shows. Um that was him. I mean, ultimate cool kid definitely formed my perception of what cool was um, in high school. And so it's hard to say a favorite memory of Nick, but the enduring image I have of him, not not the enduring image, but like kind of a striking image I, I have of him is just kind of like the SoCal skate high school kid. Meanwhile, I'm like 
chubby middle school gamer kid you were like a lot of hawaiian shirts that was definitely your image <laughs> you were like the, that character from that simpsons you know who sold comics in the comic book store exactly hawaiian shirts uh shirts and board shorts like to school <laughs> like an hour from the beach but yeah that's a, that's just a little bit of a little bit of nick for you guys like a polaroid of him in high school hopefully but one of my one of my favorite like uh memories like of our relationship uh i would say our friendship our brotherhood was like so me and sam shared a room all throughout like our childhood and we would so for like four years probably so sam you're what how are you five years younger than me four years younger four four Four. okay oh that's not that much but i guess when i was like 16 or when i was like 14 you were like 10 and every night before we went to bed, we would literally fall asleep to Blink-182's Dude Ranch and this mm-hmm. random Midtown. Remember that Midtown yes. Yes. Um, Victory Records? It was like a random Midtown EP. And we would just listen to both of them on repeat and just fall asleep listening to Dude Ranch and Midtown. It's so uh, weird. Of, of course I remember that because um, almost no, none of your listeners will have heard of this or know this, but I do a podcast called Pod Goes Punk, which is all about pop punk and emo music. And I think about how I'm, I'm listening to these records now for this podcast, but I think about like, wow, I haven't changed that much since I was 10 years old, really moved by Blink-182. Oh, no, I, I think Dude Ranch, is, Dude Ranch is still a great record. Like I listen to oh, Dude Ranch like, amazing. Yeah, like quarterly. Uh, well, that's a good transition, Sam, because the reason you know why we wanted you on the pod not just because you're my brother, but this Padres Punk is super, super fun. It's one of my favorites when it's a record I like, admittedly. But uh, And you have like a, a great format to help talk through albums. So we're going to do Titus Andronicus, The Monitor. I am very cognizant of the fact that none of our listeners have ever heard this record. So we'll play some clips throughout. But um, Sam, I'm just going to cede the floor to you and you're going to walk us through different categories and ways of getting at this sprawling record is that cool totally yes so here is the format listeners and co-hosts so we're going to start and we're going to just kind of address our thoughts on this record um and then i'll give a little fact section just to kind of give some um some some context for like when when it came out you know what label it was on nuts and bolts then we're each going to play a song that we really loved Okay, and then we're gonna give our Zanga headline, which is gonna be a fun, uh, a, a fun way for us to talk about a lyric we really liked. And if you're, you know, of a certain age, when I say Zanga headline, you know what I mean, especially from the Midwest. Um, and then we'll rate the record, and our rating system is gonna be based on the greatest record of all time from Under a Cork Tree by Fall Out Boy. So we'll rate this record uh, at a scale of ten cork trees, but. You know, first off, Nick, you you picked this record. This is, you know, you're you're not usually doing records on our Triune Pod, so it's special for you to pick one and pick this one. When did you listen to this record, and why was it like one that you you wanted to talk about? Yeah, well, I mean, the latter question is just. I think it's probably a way that Spotify actually tracks this, but it is undoubtedly the record I listened to the most over the last decade like 2010 to 2020 it's the single album that i listened to the most and i think the reason why I, this i mean it's a, a great record we're going to talk about it like sonically and everything in a minute but to me this is the record that like it was the first streaming record mm-hmm. i really got into because so there was like this moment in the late 2000 the late aughts like the 
meet me in the bathroom era, you know, like those New York bands and like when I was a senior in high school and in college, but then in like 2006, seven, eight, that was like the peak of blog rock. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Like when blogging Pitchfork. was really clap yeah. your hands, say, yeah, TV on the radio, exactly. cool kid, internet bands. Totally. And so through the, through like blogs, I heard about Titus Andronicus and it, specifically their live shows. Like I would just read blogs about this punk band from New Jersey that were would do these incredible live shows but i but like this was pre-spotify and so it was like mm-hmm. i wasn't gonna buy a record on itunes like i definitely never did that so they were just like oh i heard about them like that's cool and then i got spotify very very early i remember i read an article about it in the new york times like this new streaming platform I'm like this sounds just like napster this is incredible so i got spotify and i was like the first thing i did was like search Titus Andronicus. And that was right when the monitor came out. Ooh, so I was like, amazing. oh, cool. So I'll just like start listening to this record. And I was like, this is incredible. You know, I grew up like loving history as a kid. And as we'll get into this record is a civil war concept album. So I just thought that was awesome. And then just started listening to it over and over again. And that was like, that was also my entry into the like, now this is such an established thing, but in the early, late, late aughts, early 2000s, at least for me, like the year-end review phenomenon felt very new. Um, yes. And so like in November of 2010, um, I was like every website that I was reading at the time put The Monitor in like a top 10 list. Like it was just one of the most critically celebrated indie rock albums of the year. So I felt so validated and, and that just made me love it even more. So um, yeah, I don't know. Is that an answer? Is that a good answer to the question? Oh, or, or, yeah. oh. Definitely. That that brought me back. And hopefully, Ben, what's your history with the record? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, so I'm from New Jersey. So <laughs> say I less. keep track of my home, my home state. So, you know, I'm not sure if this is a punk album or a rock album, but this is definitely a New Jersey emo rock and roll record. And I am here for it. And I, the only reason I know about it is because of Father Nick Kamiski here. Mm. I, uh, he's, he's told me about it over the years, but we went to a Titus concert when he lived, lived with me for like eight weeks and it was probably the best show I've ever been to. So listeners, if you have any doubts, this is, I mean, they're incredible, but this is the album to listen to. Reverend Benjamin, I have to know what music were you rocking in high school? (laughs) So in high school, I was one of those kids who only listened to classic rock albums. (laughs) Uh, that's I mean, incredible. that's not, that's not actually true. Cause I, I did love blink as well. Uh, but for some reason it was cool in New Jersey to like saves the day and Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stones and, and obviously Bruce Springsteen, but that was it. Nothing new other than that. Definitely not pop music. Ooh, that is, that is not a bad diet. Actually. I can get down on that. Uh, Well, I'm going to bring us a little bit of facts, if that's okay with you guys. We'll keep it brief, but I want to give the listener kind of a sense of like, you know, how big this was, why it's important. And uh, Titus Andronicus, as Ben mentioned, like so many other bands that kind of deal with suburban sadness uh, are from New Jersey. And there's been a lot of band members, but the the dude that you kind of need to uh, know is Pat Patrick Stickles. Um, he's been the pretty visible frontman of Titus Andronicus. They've been a band since 05. 
but their first record came out in 2008, and then this came out in 2010. Um, as Nick was saying, 2010, like late 2000, 2005 to like 2010, was really I think like the peak and uh, of internet. Uh, blog rock and basically what that looked like was there was a lot of really cool really funny really smart music blogs that would kind of uh, pitchfork being the biggest one like you know they were the ultimate tastemakers they would really thoughtfully write about a super cool small record and then that record would take off um, in the hands of people that were into music and seeking it out and that's when the monitor came out in 2010 um, and it was very buzzy if you were reading kind of internet um, music criticism at the time you were definitely reading about Titus Andronicus, uh, Titus and Titus Andronicus, and the Monitor, and I think one of the reasons that this record is is still worth talking about in 2021 is that, I mean, I I read about this record being referenced in other reviews all the time, in, in terms of kind of the modern emo aesthetic that kind of took off in 2013 with what is called the emo revival where there's kind of new indie emo bands that were really cool and being written about uh, in the new york times and pitchfork all these bands that kind of came after this record really owe a lot to titus and i feel like titus andronicus really nailed the juxtaposition of kind of like gutter punk genius uh very uh trashy aesthetic but very very smart and verbose and meanwhile you 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 couple that with like really poppy melodies but super fuzzy guitars and that kind of like a specific combination is replicated in almost every cool emo band that came after titus yeah dude. Um, can i jump in for a second just read a, it just a line that like encapsulates what you're saying this is this is a monitor review from the austin chronicle and you know at the time 2010 and here's what it says the, the monitor is a near perfect union of cacophony and immature angst it's mm. impudent and insolent and a little smarter than it needs to be that is like <laughs> that's perfect you know it's such a great line ah uh. That's perfect. That's that's exactly. It's like I love reading good writing where you're just like, ah, oh, the lights are on. I can see that. That's perfect. Um, so this record, though, interestingly, and then I'm almost done. It came out. I think this is crazy. It came out on XL Records. XL is a label um, that has Adele. They kind of, which is their biggest act by far, but they skew kind of like big marquee indie vampire weekend white stripes yeah 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 and this record came out on that label the label of adele and vampire weekend you know i think uh labels thought at this era oh we can take some of these quote-unquote internet rock bands and make some money off of them and you look at vampire weekend and that worked you look at titus andronicus and it did not work yeah definitely not yeah very influential but it didn't you know sell a ton of records they didn't go on any huge tours and so they're a band that could be lost to time um because they just didn't have that many fans but i think they're they're they'll always be a place in kind of the music conversation of this era for for titus and i feel like the the music is just so fun and so cool that i i want to champion this record it's like keep listening to titus andronicus it the don't, don't let it be lost. It, it's it's too good. Yeah. And at this point, there are kind of like, in terms of touring and like kids that go to shows, like when me and I've seen Titus like four or five times. And when me and Ben saw him in Brooklyn, there was like 
600 people in a 300 person venue, but I've seen them in Austin. I've seen them in Kansas city twice. And in both, in all three of those instances, there was like 40 people there, you know, like they, you know, and this is yeah, and like, just to underscore your point, like Adele and 30 people in Lawrence, Kansas on a Wednesday night to go see Titus Andronicus, you know, it's just the same label. It's so weird. It's the same label. Exactly. <laughs> on the same label. Yeah. It's like either Adele's too big for that label or Titus Andronicus is too small for that label. And they were too small. They, they um, are since with Merge Records based in North Carolina. Um, and... Yeah, that's what I got for facts. Nick, do you have anything else to add? I mean, you're kind of the, the resident expert. Ben, you're from New Jersey. So if you have any kind of local flavor to add to that bio, please do. No, I mean, I think, yeah, but like what you were saying about the bands that people who listen to weird indie rock right now really like, who maybe have never heard of Titus Andronicus, but like like a band, I mean, this band is pretty big, but a band like Gang of Youths, like just does not make sense without Titus Andronicus. Like kind of the, the idea that like an indie rock band would go, or even like Foxing, that mm-hmm. a band that would go for, like go for the jugular, try and make like a statement and do like swelling eight minute songs with bagpipes. I mean, that's literally what Titus did. But I think that like try to, you know, sonically, they broke a lot of boundaries and they, mm-hmm. in some ways, like put ambition back into like indie rock, you know, whereas uh, a lot of those like yes. New York bands were making like crafty, cool three minute mm-hmm. songs where Titus was not afraid to try and say something like grandiose and pretentious, like knowingly pretentious. But I think a lot well, of bands have yes. followed in that in that way. Well, there's something so uh, very cool about saying, I am going to sound like I am recording this in a crack house but my band is named after titus andronicus the shakespeare play you know and there's some there's something very cool about being so boldly pretentious uh and so brazenly ambitious one of my favorite bands the world is a beautiful place and i'm no longer afraid to die their band name is the world is a beautiful place and i'm no longer afraid to die and i feel like they they've followed in that spirit of let's not be afraid to be over the top no totally fun yeah and i think i think another thing that's well okay i'll say two things about titus first uh, about the band like they definitely have a bar rock thing going that like i think the hold steady you know obviously was before them and pioneered that as well but like making punk rock music that's like really fun and anthemic to listen to that has like keyboards and guitar solos like i think they made that you know, achievable or like they kind of blaze that path in some ways. Um, but more specifically about this album, before we get into like particular tracks, like the monitor was the, like the first ironclad ship in the civil war. Right. Um, and the, the you, Sam, you might get into this, but like the record itself was, or uh, the, the framing of the record was inspired by the Ken Burns civil war documentary. And I think Patrick Stickles, like weird existential guy that he is like, kind of thought like this, the civil war, like it could be a kind of metaphor for existential angst that occurs within the human person, you know, like these two sides that are at war with each other. So it's just, it's a very, and if you listen to the album, if you've never listened to it before uh, and you listen to it, there's like all these speeches from Abraham Lincoln and Jefferson Davis and William Lloyd Garrison. Like the album itself is like punctuated by these quotes from like luminaries from that period. So it's just, it's just a really bizarre listening experience, but it's, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the fact that it can be described as a civil war concept record honestly helped its bloggy 
stickiness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You read that in a in a lead of an article, you're like, oh wow, that's really interesting. What is this thing? Um, but it's it, it's it. So it is a concept record for this uh, of the Civil War. But you know, I think it's worth saying, like, it also a lot of the tracks just stand alone as a person kind of very eloquently describing their feelings. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, every uh, song is about uh, kind of the Civil War explicitly. Um, yeah, definitely. Even though it is a, a concept record. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. Any other facts to add, Ben? New Jersey, would you recommend living there, going there, becoming a rock star there? I mean, I feel like my my experience is very similar to his in the sense of uh, should I have ever left? Um, <laughs> just, just recently, <laughs> Nick was talking about the the great Emerson. Uh, is it an article or an essay about like the the travel and how you think you're going to be saved through travel? And here he's going to Boston, um, and yet uh, at the end of the day, he goes back to New Jersey because his same sad self follows him to Boston. And uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I think that was our last episode we did. That's true, man. Once New Jersey gets in you, you can't get it out. <laughs> um, well, that is interesting and kind of sad, but kind of cool, Ben. Um, are you guys ready to talk about the songs that you love? Yeah, let's do it, man. Come on. Ooh. Ben, you got to go first. What's, what's, what is your favorite song on this record that you just kind of have to listen to? So I'm going to be the most boring and just say, I mean, track number one is just... A More Perfect Union. I probably listen to that once a month. I wanted to say every week, but once a month when I just need to get fired up, I will listen to that song. And uh, so this album, I feel like the listeners should hear this because if you listen to this and you don't get it at all, I do think this is one of those albums where it either hits you in the right place and becomes kind of a secret language or you don't get it at all. <laughs> and the story I'm going to tell is... Um, we had these kind of these small groups at my church and one of them meets at my apartment and they always go for like two and a half hours. And a lot of people leave my close friends stay. And then we just kind of talk about what we really want to talk about. And one time I was just like, Hey guys, I got to introduce you to Titus Andronicus. And I played the music video for the first track, the track that I'm mentioning. And unfortunately it's just like the first three minutes. It's not like the whole song. But everyone in that room did not understand why I loved it, which was I was kind of like, oh, like I don't know what to do. Um, but I, I love that track. It just fires me up. I love that. And I feel like you guys will get into this. A lot of these tracks have multiple movements, multiple parts. But it just like it is a like a party rock album. It's got those riffs, guitar solos. I think it's like a just a concert album par excellence and that first track just gets you going all right let's sh let's show not tell here we go people
Come on, man. That's so good. Ooh. So good. I mean, do you have a pulse? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know sometimes like a, a, a part like that, when it goes into that super cool kind of very rousing guitar solo, it's, it's somewhere between like uh, garage rock and like, you know, Civil War era bugle in terms of tone and feeling and it's like that just gives you the juice if, if you listen to that and you're like oh god i don't like that it's like well then i mean i don't know what can you say to that we're just different people probably yeah. like adele the other xl <laughs> 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 the soccer moms man yeah for sure no no hate on adele but yeah all right so that's your love it a more perfect union definitely i mean that, that song also i mean jerseys all over it every number is a highway they mentioned the garden state highway there's a bruce springsteen line i mean all the reasons that make me feel good that's good man sam what about you oh man there are so many good ones to pick but i am gonna go with the third track on the record no future part three probably the second most popular song on the record and the second verse of the song is just heaven for me uh let's listen to a little bit of it all right all right All right, let me cut you off there, man. Intro, intro the the chorus that ends the song. Oh man, that is just don't you just find the the writing too smart to be true and too dang funny? Like I I, I can't get over how clever he is and just turning that that slacker, you know, good for nothing uh, feeling and and using that feeling as a way to get something like rousing and inspiring and cathartic is a superpower and that's what so many bands try to do is they want to take those negative emotions and turn it into something uh positive but titus turns them into something thrilling i cannot get enough of that track dude it's it's so good is, no. that, is that a favorite is that a favorite of your guys too ben i mean definitely if depression can happen to lincoln then uh it can happen to me too and i think that's i mean that's what the second song that has like a little quote in the middle of it yeah definitely yeah yeah he, uh, patrick sickles has this like unique way uh, one of the reviewers I, uh, I i can't find it now but one of the reviews that i was reading i don't remember even what record it was about but like it contrasted uh titus andronicus and the capacity that i'm about to describe with u2 and like so the u2 like in the name of love you know is this like this powerful anthem that you know unites people and shows and stuff but in in the the first record the Aaron of grievances there's the one i think it's probably my favorite single titus andronicus song it's called titus andronicus forever and it ends with this like chorus that goes for 45 seconds that just says you um 
your life is over. And he just like repeats it over and over and over again. And then this record has the same thing on this track with uh, you will always be a, a loser. And so it's, it's like this subversive, like, yeah, like what you were saying, Sam, this like kind of despondent emo thing that is like histrionic, but knowingly histrionic and just like yeah. super fun. You know, like, it's just like a great, and when they play this song live, like, it's incredible, you know, so we'll listen, we'll listen to a little bit, but it's just such a fun way to like, get people going, you know, just like speak your feelings, man. It's awesome. So good. I mean, those first three tracks are that's fist pumping. That just gets you ready for that concert. So good. Nick, what's your love it? Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of great songs and it I think it kind of fluctuates, you know, year by year, but there is a line in um a uh this is the album the album track is called a a pot in which in which to piss which is just a great phrase you know <laughs> um and uh he basically is like it's it's a song about the creative process for lack of a better term and um and he's talking about like just how sick he is of his own compulsion to like write lyrics and create music and whatever and then so he says like i Oh, I struggle and I stammer till I'm up in my ears in miserable quote unquote art. It's so, it's so dope. Uh, and so for that reason alone, I am going to go with a pot in which to piss. I'm going to, I'll try and find that section of the song. Um, wait, oh, no, wait, is that, is that, no, that, that's, that's four score and seven. I'm sorry. It's four score and seven. Um, and I'm going to have to say there is some, some colorful language that I do not oh, endorse no. necessarily, but, oh, uh, no. but it is, uh, Aversion it's, ears. it's, it's part of the song. So, uh, I think this might be it. We'll see. Love it! Wow, <laughs> yes, absolutely amazing. Uh, and you, what about what about shout outs from like songs that you don't that you just want to you know shout out that are just fantastic songs that people should check out? 
I love that. Yeah, we should we should each do another little quick round of just songs that we love. Ben, what's another what, what's another song that you love that we haven't talked about yet? And the last one, the what fourteen minute masterpiece, the Battle of Hampton Roads. The Battle of Hampton Roads, man, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to jump the gun if I talk about it too much, but I I feel like it brings everything together. Um, yeah, well, how, how we, so? Well, I mean, like we've heard, you're always going to be a loser. We've, we've essentially heard the enemy is everywhere, but here in the last lines of this track, uh, he says, but my enemy, it's your name on my lips as I go to sleep. And I know what little I've known of peace yet. I've done to you what you've done to me. And I'd be nothing without you, my darling, please don't ever leave. Uh, and I feel like throughout the record, it's the enemy is everywhere. He starts to realize the enemy is also himself. Uh, but he he kind of needs this enemy, and but I mean <laughs> beyond that, it's just a great track that I think sum up sums up the whole album. Yeah, it's so dope. Yes. I'll do a little uh, interjection here and say that um, just connected to what our pod usually talks about. I feel like the, the, the arc of this album really is theological in a sense. It begins with kind of the enemy is out there, which is a very real thing, but then kind of turns inward as well. And the enemy is within it. Um, I mean, if, if that's not low anthropology, I don't know what is. Come on, listeners. <laughs> Sam, what's your take on low anthropology? You know, um, I it, the only thing I'm interested in talking to you about is critical race theory. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to let the listener figure out where I stand on it. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, what about you? Do you have any other uh, songs you want to shout out? Um, real quick, I, I gotta I gotta shout out theme song from Cheers. Uh, so it's so fun dude it's such a fun song yeah sometimes it's i i i love all i always love tracks that are like let's just show what kind of trashy middle class fun looks like when it's not really that fun but it's kind of just a habit and you're a little too old (laughs) that that's what this song is for me let's we got to listen to it for a little bit down in North Carolina, been a productive member of society, but these New Jersey cigarettes and all they require are made a fucking junkie out of me. So give me a Guinness, give me a Keystone Light, give me a kegger on a Friday night, give me anything but another year in exile. Yeah, I think one of the main influences of the of Titus, especially on this record, and then later records, they actually covered a song by the Pogues. That's like a very Pogue song to me. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, there is that Irish drinking 
kind of thing, but it ultimately is kind of sad because it's like the cycle of addiction. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. It's not like, it's like train spotting. It's like no one that listens to that song is like, I want to become an alcoholic. You know, it's more like, I want to stay away from that stuff as much as I can. Yeah. yeah it's like the, you can, you can feel kind of like the, the fake appeal of it. Um, and in a way that I find really interesting, Nick, close us out final song that, that the listener has to hear on on pod goes punk don't you you guys have like a love it and skip it category right or like leave it or what do you guys well, call that we, we 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 do leave it so but sometimes we just do a love it is there a song that you leave on this record there's not but i think if there was one and i and i'm sympathetic it's it would be um to old friends and new it's like super slow and super and uh and like and super long it takes forever um and just I'll provide a little color commentary here. So on the album that you'll, if you listen to it on Spotify or whatever, it's like half Patrick Stickles and then half Jin uh, Wasner, Wasner. Do you like Wyoke, Sam? Are you into Wyoke? No, I've never listened to it. Oh, well, Wyoke yeah. is amazing. It's, oh, she's incredible. Um, it's, I guess it's two people, but it's a female vocalist. And so on the, on the album, it's a slow, long song, but it's like pretty beautiful because she has a, like an amazing haunting voice but what's sam you'd appreciate this so like the the last couple times i've seen titus what they do live is um it's for at the beginning it's just patrick stickles and he comes out and the first song is to old friends and new and it's just him on an on an electric guitar like no backing band or anything and it takes like nine minutes and (laughs) he does not have a good voice you know like not at all but he's just going for it when he does it you know in in live it's just a way to like test out like who's here who are the real fans you know what i'm saying it's pretty incredible so i think because of that it like gives me an appreciation for their song that like is if I'm being totally honest, like not super enjoyable to listen to, but is still amazing. So we'll play a little bit. Just imagine that with just Patrick Stickles for like eight and a half minutes to start off a set with 30 people on a Wednesday night in Austin. You know, that was my last experience of seeing Titus. That's insane. Dude, honestly, I think that song is kind of like an argument for, okay, what if Titus had just decided to go a bit more commercial? Because that hook that we just heard, I'm like, if you speed it up the whole song is kind of in molasses a little bit it sounds like oh, it's definitely. on halftime and it's like if you if you speed that up and you just make a traditional song with the traditional structure and that's the chorus that could be an incredible three and a half minute epic song of like you know one of the four or five big indie records of the year sales wise and instead it's like a seven and a half minute thing that's amazing but easy pretty to hard to, pretty hard to listen to yeah for sure <laughs> uh, all right uh, what's what's the final category you got the zanga thing? uh zanga headlines so did you guys have a zanga ben was zanga big in new jersey no not not at all yeah i never oh. even heard of it until you here to play wow. talked about it yeah. wow so zanga then i guess was a primarily midwest uh 
Midwest social media. I mean, obviously it was national, but it was, it was big here in Kansas City. Everyone had a Zanga. And it was a, a proto MySpace. It was like a MySpace alternative. But it was, it was you know, like MySpace was, the, a lot, music was kind of a big part of it. Um, and a big thing that you would have was a Zanga. You would have a Zanga headline. It'd be like the header of your blog site. And on the left side, you would put one side of the lyric. And then on the right side, you would put the second half of the lyric. So it was a way to kind of make a statement about who you are. This is my song lyric, and I'm going to format it in this really cool way. So um, do you guys want me to go first? or Yeah, why don't you demonstrate go? for the listeners what this might look like? Okay, so my Zanga headline is from the fourth track on the record, Richard II. Almost picked this as a second love it. And um, here, here's my headline. Left side. I will not deny my humanity right side. I'll be rolling in it like a pig in feces. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that is the banner, the banner of your life. That is incredible. <laughs> Dude, there are this is a Zanga headline picker's dream of Oh my gosh. Absolutely. There was like ten lines a song. I was like, should I do this one? Should I do that one? Impossible to pick. Uh, who's who's ready? Who's Benjamin, like I'm ready. I, I think. Yes, let's go. Uh, this one, yeah, four score and seven. I wasn't born to die like a dog. I was born to die like a man. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, I love you in high school, <laughs> dude. It is. Oh my gosh! I mean, knowing that because I listen to your pod, Sam, like. And I listen to this record not infrequently. Like I definitely like I have heard seven Zanga headlines in like every verse of every song. He almost just like writes for that purpose. It's so yes. true. And a lot of them maybe wouldn't be appropriate for our triune pod. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know we've we've hinted at this before, but I think it's just worth highlighting like how, in my opinion, at least like how rad the quotes are that like punctuate the tracks. Like, do you guys think that's cool? Do you think that works that device? Uh, yeah. Benjamin. I think, I think about 100%. these quotes all the time. Like, yeah. I feel like I have the, I get the quote stuck in my head. Yeah. I mean, Oh dude. So I've, I've a couple stories about that. So first one is self deprecating both are self deprecating, but so the first time I saw Titus Sam, I was with you. Do you remember that in Lawrence? Oh, in Lawrence. It, yeah. It was like 2013 or 12, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're like a, working class punk band like they're just hanging out before the show like playing pool you know like they're very accessible i had like a 20 minute conversation with the basis about like the new york giants because they were playing on monday night football like the third time i saw him or something but the first time i saw him uh you know i was like kind of geeking out because i was like patrick sickles i was talking to him the lead singer and i was like hey are you guys gonna like play the quotes from the monitor before your songs because i just think they're so fun and like so cool and he just looked at me he's like you are such a moron. Like, of course we're not going to do that. You know, I just like remember his look of scorn when I said that. It was kind of wild. And then the second self-deprecating story, this, I actually think it's kind of funny, but it's embarrassing. So uh, when I was listening to The Monitor a lot, when it first came out, like 2012, 2013, I was a pastor in Kansas City. And the opening quote is by Abraham Lincoln. And it was this very, very famous speech he delivered in like the late 1850s, I think, that basically said, if America is going to be destroyed, you know, this great experiment of liberty, this people's republic, whatever, it's not going to be from some foreign army that comes, you know, like what's the line? Um, uh, from when shall we expect, expect the approach of danger? So shall some transatlantic giant strike the earth and crush us with the blow? 
Never. All the armies of Europe and Asia could not by force take a drink from the Ohio River and set a trek along the Blue Ridge. It's just, it's so like epic and biblical. Anyway, I have that whole quote memorized because I've just listened to the song so much. And so one time, like on a Sunday morning, I was mic checking, uh, like before, you know, services. And I literally just like, instead of saying like, Nick, Nick, testing, one, two, three, test, test. I would just like started doing that quote. And it's like a 50 second quote. Yeah, it would take a while. Oh yeah. And I would say about like 30 seconds in, everyone just like had stopped what they were doing, like making coffee or whatever, and just started looking at me like, what is this guy doing? And by the end of it, there was like this silence because they thought I was just like making it up as I went along. <laughs> they were like, what is this guy talking about? But I was actually, in fact, quoting. Uh, from the monitor, um, Abraham Lincoln. But the reason why I bring that up is because I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit. And um, for my Zynga headline, I'm going to do the William Lloyd Garrison, the famous abolitionist who mm. um, released this newspaper in the late, I don't know, 1850s about abolition. It was called The Liberator. And the very first lines of that newspaper are quoted at the very end of the first track. And so um, my, my Zynga headline is the left side I will not retreat a single inch right side and I will be heard. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. All right, man. What else? What else? What else? Anything, any other categories or anything? Well, we always, we, we close it and we give, we give it a cork tree rating because <laughs> we, we, we love from under court tree by fallout boy um Wait, and you got you got to explain what who fallout boy is what cork trees are like i have i, I honestly don't even really know what you're talking about oh. and i listen to your podcast all the time okay so so if okay fallout boy in 2005 released a record called from under a cork tree and it has a song sugar we're going down on it like you know that song like we're going down down in an earlier round like okay that was oh like, yeah i don't think i know that's fallout boy that's funny oh yeah <laughs> that's Oh yeah, I think yeah. I thought that was like some earlier version of Imagine Dragons or something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it is. It basically was, but but so for for if for a huge group of people like that record is like, oh my god, Fallout Boy. Like if you were 14 or 15 when, when that came out, it was a big deal. Um, and so we jokingly say that that's the greatest record of all time, and it's called and uh, from under a cork tree. So we we give we give the songs. Um, 10 cork trees like out of 10 and uh the leads the the lead singer is patrick stump and so if it's you want to give it a half cork tree you call it a patty stump <laughs> okay and, and then if we okay. each give it the same score it's an alkaline trio uh another one of my faves yes um and so and then then it becomes part of the masky best 666 society uh so i'm gonna give this 10 cork trees i'm easy i love this record Benjamin, you guys I w- I'm, I'm gonna give it nine because you, you can't give it a 10 you, uh, there is no 10 <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think that is one argument that I have with your podcast is I do feel like you guys just like give everything like eight to 10 cork trees. It could be like some, some terrible yellow card record. And you're like, I would give it a seven and a half. It's like, that is a terrible album. Like no one likes this. Like, why are you even rating this? But yeah, I would say, I mean, yeah, there's no 10. I think... Um, <laughs> The, Nick's like, oh, the most, the, my most played record of the decade. I'll oh, certainly not a ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll nine point nine nine. I'll give it nine corkscrews in a patty stump. I'll give it nine point five. It's like for what it's trying to do, you know, it is like as good as it gets. I, it's like the Abbey Road of like guttural 
emotionally available, literate punk rock music, which is like my love language. So, yes. So basically, ten. All three of us gave it ten. You know, (laughs) I'm going to write down three ten. Ten court trees, uh, three ten ten court trees from from all of us. Um, well, guys, that's it. That's all I've got. Thank, thanks for having me on. I mean, yeah, so much for have, being you guys here. Might have to do some housekeeping on the back end, but gosh, it was it was great to see you guys. Great to uh, great to do this podcast with you. Yeah, man, super fun. Um, Sam, thanks for joining us. about that episode of our triune pod now that you've been prepped for praise won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review we promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming so be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast